The information contained in this podcast is not intended as and shall not be understood or constructed as medical or health advice. The information contained in this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Welcome to Ladies Who Health, the podcast for the book smart, but not always street smart health professional. This is the show where we put the spotlight on some amazing women in healthcare and attempt to answer some of those questions you didn't even know you had or you've been too scared to ask. You're joined by Perth Physio Neve and Melbourne dentist Caitlin. Caitlin, have you been going on any picnics now that restrictions are slightly easing in Melbourne? Uh, Neve, I'm so glad you asked this question because <laughs> last week I, when we found out that restrictions had eased a little bit, uh, I had, like, I was asking all my patients like, oh, are you guys going on picnics? And everyone's like, the weather's going to be terrible. Why are you thinking about having picnics? And I was like, well, I mean, I, I never checked the weather and it always, it always seems to be fine for me. And also I would rather a picnic in the rain with people I haven't seen in a while than no picnics. Um, and so I am pleased to report that I had the most lovely picnic yesterday with my cousin, her partner and their two children. Um, so they're fully vaxxed. I'm fully vaxxed. Um, and actually the 13 year old is getting her first dose today, which is really exciting. exciting. And the 11 year old is booked in for the day after his 12th birthday later on this year. So it's all happening. Um, But we met up in a park and we had some fish and chips, you know, perfect picnic food, quintessential picnic food. (laughs) No, but it was really, really lovely. Um, You know, we just kicked the footy around, um, had a chat and it was just, I... I used to be on a um, on a woman's footy team, me back in in a good old Warney. The uh, yes, uh, was it the, the Southwest? Is it the Southwest Roosters? The South South South? Oh, oh. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't an asset by any means. <laughs> you um, weren't even a good cheerleader for them. I was a body Southwest, on the field. Uh, south <laughs> South the Roosters. The, south yeah South. South Warner Ball because it was a South Ball. <laughs> I just went for the ball. I just went for the social events. I just went to meet new people. Um, yeah, so I used to um, do that. And I also used to play a little bit in college. But, like, uh, let me tell you, I'm terrible. I'm completely awful. Uh, but, yes, no idea. But, yeah, so kick the footy around. And we had this thing. So my niece and nephew, 13 and 11, they're like just the sweetest kids in the world, but they do this thing where they they say sorry a lot. And it's something that I know that I do. I know it's something that you do a lot. Mm-hmm. And I made a rule with them. I made a rule with them that every single time they apologized for, you know, being bad at football when, you know, we we're just sort of having a casual kick around. I said that, you know, when you say the word sorry, you have to drop and do five push-ups. And that was really great. Because then they started, you know, they started saying at me like, I'm unapologetic for being bad at this because I'm trying. And I was like, exactly. That is the mentality that we want to have. Like, it's okay to fail at things. Um, and so that was, that was really lovely and really sweet. So I've had that picnic and I'm That's looking forward so to beautiful. many, many more. That's so beautiful. No, I, I just completely agree with that because I'm just realizing how much I apologize for my presence a movie that we both liked that I think made us all kind of a bit aware of that we really apologize for our presence was A Simple Favor with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. Yes. Where Blake Lively was yes. such a boss. We watched and that just... together. Did we watch it actually together? You watched it first. Loved it so much. <laughs> I wanted to watch it. So you were like, I love going to the movies. Let's watch yeah. it again together. Oh, going yeah. to the movies was my hobby in Warrnambool. We, and we like would send each other gifts of like be Blake Lively when you had to go have an important meeting with your boss, like be that boss lady. Oh my God, so, so cheeky saying boss lady. Um, um, <laughs> Girl boss, I think it's the uh, correct cheeky term. Oh, well, I, I, I'm not in the know enough to know what's the correct term <laughs> and the correct cheeky term. But anyway, um, so yeah. yeah, no, totally realizing how much I apologize for my own presence. But so you're going on picnics, but have you been... Uh, Hitting the apps to find people to go on these picnics with? Hitting the apps. Um, What's your favourite app? apps you mean? What's your <laughs> My favourite app? app? 
My favorite app would have to be a prawn cocktail. Oh my god! Uh, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to know Potato something skin? funny? Um, <laughs> oh, that's a good yeah, one. I, but at, yeah, um, I do want to know something funny. Yeah. Okay. So no one in my family really eats seafood, oh. and so we, my mum has been doing this really cool thing where um, for the last few years, where on Christmas we order like almost like a Hello Fresh box, but like maybe a little bit more fancy for Christmas, but we get like a Christmas box. So it's all prepared. We've got all the ingredients and then we all cook together. Which oh, is cool. Really Let's lovely. get on that. It's so lovely because like we, we all come together a few hours earlier and cook rather than, you know, mm-hmm. previously it kind of been like mom kind of in the, ca- in the kitchen. Like mom. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. But also yeah. as mom said, like mom says she does like cooking, but yeah. It's also but. like, it, it all falls on her. So it's actually so yeah. lovely. And she gives us each a recipe that we have to go and make, but there was an entree. And the entree was prawn cocktails. And we're all just like, oh, no. And my brother-in-law um, was such a legend and, like, de-shelled all of them and did such a great job and made them beautiful. And we all, like, started even like, no, no, no. Um, Neve, I happily accept my invitation to the Nichols uh, Christmas dinner this year. <laughs> uh, because oh. I am amazing at peeling prawns without getting my hands dirty. Um, I think I showed you this technique a few years ago at our little like friend Christmas thing where I oh. use like a fork and a knife and I completely peel the prawn. It's it's a talent. It's an art. Um, it's de- it's definitely a. I'm, I don't remember that at all, but that's because I was like, oh, prawns. <laughs> Probably because you were like, oh, prawns, but it was ingenious. And Erin Aaron definitely was like, this is amazing. I, I hate, she was like, I hate eating prawns when you have to peel them mm-hmm. because then your hands get all gross. And I was like, mm-hmm. let me tell you, Hold let on. me show you the way. Let the dentist show you how it's done. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I want to know, have you been hitting the apps, the dating apps? The, uh, I, I may have. Have you? <gasps> Oh my goodness. Tell me more. Oh, I don't know how much there is to say. Uh, <laughs> like, how do you find Hinge? Because Hinge is kind Hinge. of the the kind of new one that most people are on, that the I know. new dating app that people are on at the moment. A lot of our friends are on Hinge mm. um, or like have successfully found love from mm. Hinge, and relationships from Hinge. I don't know. I just don't really like it. No? I find that, no, do you like it? You I mean... It? Yeah, yeah, like I had a good date last week. It was great. So, you know. Oh, tell me more. Oh, no, I just had a good date. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like really good cocktails. So, you know, tick, tick, tick. (laughs) Uh, Cocktail prawns or like? No. (laughs) Just just a really good cocktail, which, you know, you can't beat that. So, Neve, you know how you have... um, I don't know, like when you get all these different boys' numbers and you have to say them into your phone and you have to sort of distinguish them from like, I guess, the regular people in your life. <laughs> um, I've developed a system for it. I don't know okay. if it's like, I don't think it's original because I think there are no original <laughs> things in life, but I think right. that I came up with it. So I probably did. <laughs> I probably saw a TikTok and I just like internalised it and was like, oh, what a great idea. And then started doing it and was like, yeah, I do this. This is me. Um, anyway, so i um, over the course of um, over the course of I guess my twenties, I've been on four different apps. So I've been on Tinder, okay. I've been on yep. Hinge, yeah, I've been on Bumble, and I've yep. been on Coffee Meets Bake. So for like boys that have um, given me their number, like from mm-hmm. and I've met them through Tinder, yep. I put a little like flame emoji next to them. <laughs> um, if I've been to, if like there are like two people who have the same name, for example, like. Matthew or Mark or Luke <laughs> or John. Sorry, I just had to think of something. Well, like the most common male the names. Well, I, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are definitely from the Bible. But um, yes, also very yeah, so common if I have, names. Anyway, but if I have two Matthews, for example, I might like do Matthew and then like a flame emoji and then mm-hmm. like bicycles because he really likes cycling mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. something else like that. Um, which makes it really like succinct and really quick. Caitlin, I'm so sorry. You were not an original here because I also do the same thing. I'm so oh. sorry to break your bubble. No, because like I, I think if, if a if a guy does an emoji that I think is really funny in the chat, like mm-hmm. um, like the hand over the face emoji, that's my most recent one where oh, yeah. a guy did this. He's like, oop. Um, and so I've got like Boris, oop. Like. Boris? I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm just trying really hard to picture you with a Boris. Um, Neve and Boris. Boris and Neve. Neve and Boris. Um, sitting in a tree. It's very K-I-S-S-I-N-G. European. Okay. 
Well, fine, fine. I may not be original, but I'm just going to keep telling you what my my emojis are. So oh, for hinge, mm-hmm. I have a door because like a door hinge. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, yep. For, for Tinder. Bumble, Bumble obviously a B, B. right? Like yeah. Right? And coffee meets bagel, obviously a cup of coffee. Coffee. There's no bagel emoji that I'm aware. Actually, maybe there is, but I, I really just don't. There's definitely a donut. Anyway, that's cool. Oh, I definitely could use that. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm what sorry, do you you're, use? You're not orig- I just told you. I, I, if someone oh. uses an emoji that I like, that's I it? then use just, it next but, but like, okay. But then again, But like, honest, I have a specific category for each app, you know? That's true. I mean, if you I have see, plenty of fish, okay. a fish. A fish, obviously. Um, or like plenty voice. of them. Um, <laughs> um, seven <laughs> fish next to the name. Um, oh, no, God. I mean, look, to be honest, I don't get enough voice phone numbers to be able to get it down to the fine art that you have, but that's more because, okay. So this, uh, this insecurity keeps like pestering me even at work. So I have a reasonably sized nose with a lovely hook. In it. Um, you have a which, lovely nose. Thank you. Have you. A lovely nose. I, I dislike my nose, but that's that's a very personal, like, insecurity thing about it. Like, you know, there's always something that someone hates that everyone's like, no, that's totally fine. But anyway, I am a bit insecure about my nose. And then I go to work and I, I work with this little um, boy who's got ASD, so autism spectrum disorder. And he kind of was just, like, looking at my face the other day. And I was like, what are you looking at? And he just went, nose. And I was like... I have a big nose, don't I? And he was oh. like, yes. And then immediately he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's totally fine. I do have a big nose. But just the fact that this little eight-year-old boy confirmed that, yes, I do have a sizable schnoz. I was like, okay, I can't go on the apps. I can't do that. Like, You absolutely can go on the apps. You may have can. a bigger than average nose, but it's beautiful. <laughs> and it makes you who you are. And I think you're gorgeous. So I think that we should all, you know, steer away from just like society's, what is it? The, <laughs> the uh, beauty standard? Because at the end of the uh, day, there is no beauty standard. We are, everyone is the beauty standard. This is now an inspirational podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag just believe in yourself. Anyway. <laughs> Nave, do you have a new story for me this week? Uh, yes, I do. Well, not so much a new story, more of a conversation recommendation fun physio times. So I was scrolling through the internet and I found a story on Mamma Mia about a exercise YouTube channel, which I actually discovered when I was in hotel quarantine. So as we've kind of mentioned in previous podcasts, so I used to live in Warrnambool and then Melbourne, and then I moved back to Perth and I moved back to Perth during the Melbourne 2.0 lockdown. Um, and I had to do a stint of hotel quarantine to get back in. Not fun. Wouldn't do it again, but I got really into exercise in those two weeks and I needed something that was good for a confined space. So I found the YouTube channel MK fit. And the reason why I found it is because she does these workouts called hit hop. So HIT is high, oh my God. high intensity interval training. And basically I started because she did a Disney hit hop. So dancing oh to God, I'll amazing. Make a Man Out of You from Mulan oh and You're a Hero from Hercules. And Find me up. I know. It's so good. So there's Disney, there's burlesque, there's like um, 90s pop, there's Shrek. I did that one the other is day. Is there a Hamilton one? There is a Hamilton one. There's like oh my god, are you kidding me? Oh there's, there's a whole Amazing. musical one where you dance like Legally Blonde. Like it's so, it's so good. You're telling me I could be exercising and having fun. This is mm-hmm. an unheard of prospect. And like even better, they are twenty or twenty five minute workouts. So I'm oh someone god. who I can't commit to longer than thirty minutes of exercise because I get yeah. bored, I get tired, bored. and like. I prefer for me personally, because I do find it hard to get the motivation and inspiration to do some exercise or a workout. I need something high intensity for a short amount of time. So this is really Mm. great. And you dance around looking like an absolute dork, but it's so good. And like, so I thought I'd follow this up with like the actual recommendations for daily or weekly physical activity. There are lots of different recommendations per state, uh, but I kind of looked on the World Health Organization um, and it was in minutes and very confusing, but it's all pretty similar. Basically, you need to be doing 2.5 to 5 hours of moderate intensity physical activity each week and one and a quarter to two and a half hours of vigorous intensity physical activity each week. 
So, and basically like that is, it can be achieved. And particularly if you do a couple of these MK fit workouts during the week and then go for a walk, you know, um, every other day, you're probably going to hit that target. It's, and it's important to try and hit that target to be physically well. But also the other thing that I've really noticed, particularly working in disability is re- and um, working in an office, is reducing sedentary behavior. So sedentary behavior is anything where you're sitting for a long period, like recording a podcast, um, sitting. Being a dentist. <laughs> being a dentist, exactly. Like part of the reason why I love my job is that I can get up and run around and do really fun things and be physically active um but I mean I could do that too but I would get some weird looks (laughs) just in between each filling you like do a little jog around the clinic um why not I mean I'm reducing sensory behavior and you told me so um you told me to do this (laughs) but um you know sitting down the couch for too long sensory behavior is like almost as bad as not reaching physical activity um, recommendations. So it's very important that you get up and move regularly. And this one, if you're ever finding that like you're in lockdown, um, you know, you've got restrictions, you can't go to the gym or you just can't get the motivation to go to the gym, popping on MK fit for 20 to 25 minutes and just getting a really good sweat on is so much fun. So like, that's my little recommendation for the week. Obviously it's nothing specific medical recommendation health advice because that is not what we are doing but I really enjoy (laughs) it it's very fun and it's so dorky and totally up my alley and Caitlin it'd be up your alley too I it sounds like it would be up my alley I think it's probably um, important to also take a moment to just note that this is not sponsored also just do any (laughs) exercise no oh and I forgot to tell you my favorite thing about it is so M. so her name is Emily and she's MK Mm -hmm. fit Um, E-M or E-M-K yeah. fit okay. with one eye and a hit hop is H-I-I-T because it's high intensity interval mm-hmm. training. Hit hop. But she is Canadian. Okay. And she's fabulous because she'll does, be like. Does she say a lot of stories? Uh, no, she doesn't. But when you're doing an ex- activity, she'll be like, in out, in out. <laughs> so check it out, Love folks. It. Not spawn. No, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag not spawn. So we're coming into September and I think, I don't know what it is about September, but I guess the weather, spring's starting, um, you know, the sun's out, people are sort of uh, excited, motivated to do things, but there are lots of little different. And the punability. And, and the punability, <laughs> which I very, very much appreciate. But for example, um, it's Liptember, obviously every September, mm-hmm. which is a campaign dedicated to raising awareness and funds for women's mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely something that you and I are going to be supporting. There's also Steptember, which I think is the best name. Right. Um, Steptember is basically, it is a goal for everybody to reach 10,000 steps per day. But also in doing that, you have to, you're raising funds for cerebral palsy research. So it's actually very linked into what um, I'm doing. And I did it last year when I was working at a, a school for kids with physical disabilities, where the most common one was cerebral palsy. It's really great because it doesn't just track walking ability. So you can walk, you can push yourself in a wheelchair, um, you can uh, ride, you know, so if you have a smartwatch that can, tr- like if you have a watch that can convert it to steps, um, it's just about getting out and being physically active in whatever way that you can to hit those 10,000 steps, but also raising um, awareness and funds for cerebral palsy research. So September is it. If you see your friends promoting on their Facebook or Instagram, definitely get around that one. It's really, it's really Absolutely. great. Lots of really worthy causes for September. And Neve, I think you and I, uh, on behalf of Ladies Who Health, will probably be supporting a few of those. Um, if any of our listeners want to find out more about these great causes, we will be linking them in the show notes Um, And we will pop a post up on our Instagram later about um, both of them. Yeah, come check out our Instagram at Lady yeah. Smell. <laughs> Sneaky plug in the middle of the episode. Um, in the meantime, <laughs> yeah. please enjoy this uh, interview that we've done with M. M is a wonderful dietitian who works um, in Perth. She is very fabulous. She's wonderful, and we were so lucky to have her on the podcast. So let's have a listen. And today we are interviewing the amazing, extraordinaire dietitian, Emily. Welcome to Ladies Who Health, Emily. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. Um, so t- today we're just going to ask you lots of questions about your job, your career, your life, and just you in general as a person working in healthcare and working as a dietitian. But to start us off as a bit of an icebreaker, we're going to start with the quick fire five. So first thing that Ooh. comes to your mind, just, you know, let it out. What is your favorite comfort food? Chocolate. Amazing. Any particular type of chocolate? 
Mm, I'm partial to ones with nuts in them, so I quite like the cabrioset almond. Mm. Um, But, you know, ice cream with nuts on it as well, like the chocolate-coated nuts, like Mm. that's also pretty good. Sounds Um, like your nuts about nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you could say that. Second question, what is your worst habit? Oh, my worst habit. Oh, I'm just like a very nervous, worried person. I think that's probably my worst habit that I overthink everything. And I'm I'm sure my partner will agree with me there. I'm just constantly worrying about everything in my life. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty typical of a health professional. Um, <laughs> like having to always think of like the worst case situation and scenario because we yeah. have to be prepared to act in those situations. Like I think that's pretty pretty typical of a lot of health professionals. Would you agree, Caitlin? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like something that I also do. So I yeah. completely there with you, Em. Yeah. You can empathise with me. <laughs> we I em- can empathise. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're both equally dorky. Oh. All right. All right. Coffee or tea? Uh, both. <laughs> Ooh, together? Toffees? I like coffee at 10 a.m. But mm-hmm. I love tea every other time of the day. Yes. Ooh. So, Any like, I always need a tea? coffee. Um, I always wake up with a green tea. I don't know why. I just got into that routine. Mm-hmm. I don't really like having, I don't know, like a lot of milk in the morning. Like, I have my cereal, but I just don't want that extra milk in my, my tea. And then um, I usually have my coffee next, and then I'll have a tea in the afternoon and maybe a decaf tea in the evening which is like a yeah because I remember one of the conversation topics that would happen a lot in the office was how many cups of tea are you allowed to have each day because we have you and the other amazing dietitian at work going oh like I'd be like I'm on t5 for today and you're like oh that's a bit much so how many teas should we be having each day yeah oh I didn't even realize this was a thing I drink so much tea (laughs) yeah I mean it it gets I guess it depends on how much caffeine is in your, your tea and what you're eating and if you have coffee and things like that from memory the health foundation uh, the heart foundation sorry uh recommends about four cups of tea a day um more so based off your caffeine intake mm, nice okay yeah. so i gotta cut it down to to four about four about, about four. four okay but if i, I know that karen doesn't do that though no. <laughs> <laughs> our other dietitian does not do that at all no <laughs> If you were going to go sing karaoke, what's your go-to karaoke song? Oh my god, I don't, I don't do karaoke. Oh no! <gasps> what's your favorite like, song to the sing in the car now? Just, just leave. <laughs> just end call. Oh end zoom. <laughs> what's your like best car sing song when you're in the car by yourself and you just need a big like? Oh, like sing. a shower song. Like what? Mm. What's a song that you just really love singing along to? Mm. Um, I actually can't think of anything. <laughs> um. Okay. I am the worst with music though. Like I love listening to music and I sing in my car, but I don't really ever know the name of people. <laughs> I don't really know the name of any songs. I just kind of listen to it in the background, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know. I love a bit of Christina Aguilera, You're oh. Beautiful. So maybe oh, that one. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Great choice. Great oh, song selection. Love if a bit ever, of like riffing if you're ever doing karaoke that's a great one that's I a good choice yeah, I would very good. sound awful but um oh well that's not what karaoke is about it's not about sounding good it's <laughs> that's about not what fun. that song is about <laughs> no that song is about you know accepting songs and, yep. and embracing who you are so, so very true caitlin <laughs> <laughs> and the final five five question are superfoods real controversial but I would say no okay so I should stop putting (laughs) chia seeds in everything that I eat thinking that I'm just gonna get skinny and then eat a block of chocolate (laughs) yes they're like chia seeds are wonderful and they have so many health benefits but they're not a superfood they're not going to cure all they're not going to be the be all the end all um but keep adding chia seeds to your brekkie or or whatever you're adding it to because they are good for you did you see in America a lady made um, her car into a chia pet? So she put, no. wet, she put chia seeds on like, I don't really know what she put it on, but onto her car and then they grew into a, a, a life or a car-sized chia pet. 
what? Oh my gosh, no, I didn't know you that. <laughs> That's mad. What? That's wild. Was she, yeah. I, would have, I would have to say, like, was she in lockdown? Because that sounds like a bit of lockdown madness happening. Well, I feel like they're out of lockdown now, but I think she just did it for fun. Like, she just wanted to see if she could do it. It looked really cool. Like, it looked like this amazing green car. It was just, like, leafy and bushy and just looked great. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cause, yeah, because apparently before chia seeds were a uh, superfood, uh, mm. people, they just used to produce so much of it that they, that's why they have chia pets in America. I don't really think we do them here. Like, we do those no. grass stocking things with the eyes on them. Did you guys do that in primary school? No. Yeah, I think like, I did. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, we're older millennials. So <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys are definitely um, so more chewy. You're a me. couple years out, Nave. <laughs> yeah, I'll get years. there. I'll get there. A couple more than a couple. Um, and <laughs> yeah, so in America, they do something similar, but with chia seeds instead. Um, and yeah, so some lady did that with her car. Oh, wow. Yeah. Someone so really loved chia. Yeah. I mean, I love chia. I love how like sort of glugs up and it looks like fish eggs and it tastes delicious and it's kind of like pudding without being bad I'm, yeah. I'm all for it I'm all for yep. it yeah, sorry all right we've just done a cheer riff off which um, <laughs> we have to we are all, all right. about well, the tangents here at ladies who health <laughs> emily i have a question for you so yes. being an older millennial not even an older millennial because we're really no. not actually on you guys the edge of gen z typical millennials <laughs> we'll just, we'll just According Just to some millennials. websites, I'm technically right. Gen Z, but I listen to the Ooh. ones that say I'm a millennial because you listen to your heart. I listen to I, your heart. I, I feel like I'm actually 60 years old, so I'm definitely yeah. So baby boomer. Um, <laughs> okay, boomer. Well, uh, Emily, as a millennial, you would remember there was a meme back in the day which had like six little images that would ask like, you know, what your friends and family think you do, what your patients think you do, what you actually do. As a dietitian, what do your friends and family think you do? What do your patients think you do and what do you actually do? Okay. I think my friends and family actually have a pretty good understanding of what I do now. Maybe not um, when I first graduated, but they definitely do now, probably because I talk about it all the time. (laughs) Amazing. um, Love that passion. Mm, yep I I complain about people who don't know what I do um but also you know I've had to help a lot of them um with certain health conditions or you know I've said to them oh actually I can help you with that if you need some help so I think you know conversations have been had and they've started to really learn what a dietitian does and I'm I think let's jump to what a lot of people think I do like my patients think I do um, they probably think all I do is weight loss management and write up eating plans and cure all, um, uh, you know, let them lose 10 kilos rapidly, which is actually completely not what I do. Um, you know, it's part of it. I help people lose weight, but I'm not a quick fix. I don't encourage people to lose weight um, rapidly. Uh, that is more your fad diets, which are not sustainable. So what I actually do, gosh, there's a long list of things that I actually do. Um, I help people basically meet their nutritional requirements. And that could be if they are peg fed. So that means that they don't get nutrition um, from uh, from eating food orally. Sorry. So um, they might have a tube that goes straight into their stomach and it completely bypasses their mouth and their esophagus so I make up plans for them to make sure that they can meet their nutrient needs lots of malnutrition in hospitals and with uh, the elderly population so I do tackle unintentional weight loss and malnutrition obviously weight loss um, for people are overweight and are wanting to have a healthier lifestyle Um, I help out with um pediatric nutrition as well so that might be looking at um, more of the mealtime situation and family mealtime experience Um, so I do a lot of that Uh, what else do I do I mean there's so much I've probably forgotten a little bit of um, (laughs) what I do it sounds like like your role is super diverse and and you do quite a lot already so Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely in the space that I work in at the moment, which is um, the disability sector, I do quite a lot, um, maybe in comparison to 
private practice or even in hospital where you're allocated to a ward and you might only uh, see people with certain health conditions. I think I have a very diverse role where I am at the moment. Do you enjoy that diversity or that variety that you get in your day-to-day work life? I do. I do. I think, you know, it keeps me on my toes and it keeps me constantly learning, which is great. You know, I don't ever want to feel like I know everything because, you know, I don't know everything and I will never know everything. Um, so it, it's good to be kept on your toes. I think sometimes it would be nice to have a little bit more um of a niche area so maybe if it was just pediatric nutrition and you could help um, kids with lots of different health concerns um, or you work with um, diabetes management let's say something that I didn't mention before Mm. just that whole space of diabetes management is so vast um, and there's so much to know that you probably would want to specialize in that area if you were interested in it eventually. Yeah, absolutely. I loved what you said about, um, you know, the constantly learning. And I feel like, again, that's such a health professional thing is um, I I remember when I was looking into doing physiotherapy and I was also like, oh, do I want to like go into medicine or something? And they said very early in a lecture, they're like, you need to know that anything in health is constantly evolving and you constantly have to be learning. It's not a static thing it's always dynamic it's always moving and having to keep up with that so I love that you touched on that because it is such an important aspect of being a health professional yeah I think especially in the nutrition space you know there's always fad diets there's always things in the media that's coming up um you know how to make yourself healthier how to lose weight quicker and I think you know we're kind of ingrained as dietitians to kind of brush those things off but I think you do have to Um, you know critically think about them but also know that maybe uh, this concept is a new concept and uh, that it could be an evolving situation it could actually be beneficial so you have to um, wait for some more evidence to come up Mm. as well Um, but yeah nutrition is something that everyone knows a little bit about and it's always being spoken about on the news so um, as a dietitian we always have to keep on our toes and try and keep up to date with the, the latest fad and and um yeah try and navigate that a little bit yeah particularly coming up to summer (laughs) they always come up around summer I'm already seeing them come up on my um like Facebook feed of all these like you know weight loss gummies or whatever and I'm just like oh or like bikini body ready um, by summer but it's like everybody's a bikini body if you just wear a bikini yeah yeah that's it that's it Lots of detox diets coming out at the moment. Mm. It's just, uh, yeah. No, not good. (laughs) Well, um, Emily, it sounds like you're really passionate about what you do and your job, but what sort of brought you into the field? What made you want to become a dietitian? Uh, It's a funny story, really. Not a lot made me um, (laughs) study this. I just thought I love food and I was pretty good (laughs) at chemistry in high school. Um, Amazing. Yeah, so I looked into this degree uh, called nutrition Mm -hmm. and uh, when I started that, I actually um, found out that there was extra study that you could do to become a dietitian and um, that that was more individualised nutrition advice. Mm -hmm. So I realised that that's where I wanted to be and what I wanted to um, strive to become and so here I am. Nice. So is the major difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist just an extra degree on top of it? Um, A little bit. So yeah, a dietitian usually does do extra study. I think there are some degrees over East where it's a combined nutrition and dietetics degree, Mm -hmm. Um, but majority of universities do nutrition as an undergrad and um, dietetics as a master's. So you do that Mm -hmm. extra um, study, but Mm. you learn to do um, more individualised nutrition recommendations. Um, There's also a food service component um, and you learn more about disease management as Mm. well. Whereas nutritionists, they're not actually, it's not actually a regulated term or um, label. So I am a part of Dietitians Australia. I'm a registered dietitian, but to call yourself a nutritionist, you don't actually have to have a registration as such. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Mm. So you 
could have a tertiary degree. So Mm. when I graduated nutrition as an undergrad, I could call myself a nutritionist, Mm. but maybe a personal trainer who's just done one unit on nutrition, Mm. they could also call themselves a nutritionist. Um, So I would say my knowledge after completing my nutrition undergrad was more about policy, public health, Mm. um, population groups, but I was never going to be able to provide individualised nutrition advice. Mm. Right. Um, Emily, how do you sort of navigate that space? Because I imagine, especially with the rise of all these Instagram influencers and everyone wanting to call themselves a nutritionist, you know, like you mentioned, personal trainers, how does that sort of affect you and your role? And I Mm. guess um, how people view you? Mm. Interesting question. I think, you know, in my workspace, I'm not really influenced by it. Um, Like, obviously, working in disability, it's a very different area. But I think, you know, my friends also really know me quite well and know what I I do and that I might know more than some of those people who Mm -hmm. pop that on their Instagram. But I think there's a lot of dietitians that really would struggle with the fact that there's other people out there saying that they are nutritionists or they've got a great dietary plan that's really going to help um, mm-hmm. burn belly fat. And um, <sighs> mm-hmm. it, it does kind of grind your gears a little bit. It does get under your skin, but I just try and ignore it myself. Mm, absolutely. I don't take partner or anything. Yeah. Does being a dietitian make you feel like you also need to eat really healthily? Like I know for me being a physio, I'm like, oh, if I'm telling people exercise, I kind of got to walk the walk. can't just talk the talk. Do you feel the same about eating and eating well? Yeah, I think yes and no. Uh, yes, because I, um, I know that eating unhealthy foods or I guess we like to say those foods that aren't as nutritious or have more energy density to them. Like I know that they are not ideal and great for me, but I think what my dietetics degree has really taught me is about a healthy relationship with food. So knowing that going out for dinner, you know, having some chocolate or having a donut or some cake every so often, you know, there's, there's no shame in that. There's no guilt in that. That's okay to do, but as cliche as it is, you know, everything in moderation. So I'm aware when I've maybe had some of those foods that are not as nutritious and are not going to fill my body as well. But I, I'm, I make adjustments later in the week or I um, just acknowledge that maybe I wasn't eating as well. And, you know, I don't get upset about it. Mm. I know that it's not an ideal diet, but oh, well, tomorrow's a new day. I love that. Um, Emily, that's kind of similar to, I guess, in my role as a dentist, people are always, you know, a bit shocked when they find out that I do eat, you know, cake or I do eat chocolate sometimes and they go, oh, but, you know, you're advocating for no sugar. And it's a very similar thing. If you go into the tea room of any dental surgery, I can guarantee you there will be biscuits, there will be cakes, there will be lollies. Um, <laughs> because, again, everything in moderation and it's all about, you know, uh, the amount of times you have it uh, rather than whether you actually have it or not. So I yeah. totally agree with you there. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we're all going to want to eat sweet foods or um, chips or, you know, things that are maybe not as nutritious for us, but it doesn't mean that we can't eat them. We just Mm. have to recognize how much we're eating and how often we're eating it. Mm, Absolutely. So like kind of on that kind of fad diet as well, like how do you feel about the like no sugar diet? You know, because he's saying like we can kind of just eat it in moderation, but just cutting sugar out completely, is that a good, healthy thing for us to do? I wouldn't say so. And I think, you know, often a no-sugar diet is not really a no-sugar diet, if mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Sorry, Emily, do you reckon you could explain that a little bit more just because um, not all of our listeners are health professionals and so maybe yes. you might not know what you mean about that? So, I mean, sugar is is a component of carbohydrates. So carbohydrates are... Um, or how do I explain this in layman's terms, but um, it's a long chain of sugar, basically. So carbohydrates are just long, long chains of sugar that are attached to one another. So you think about, I don't know, 
Yeah, a chain, I guess. <laughs> a chain. Um, so like, it um, has all Connell's these chain from normal people. That's what I think of <laughs> a chain. Another cheeky reference. <laughs> I'm thinking like an anchor chain, you know, like uh, those yes. metal okay. chains with the links yeah. on them. Yes. <laughs> um, like if you think of those, if you were to break those apart, they have their, their they can be their own little metal link, right? So that's the same with sugar. Eventually they break off and they become sugar. So carbohydrates are just a big term and they can be broken down into smaller sugars. Mm-hmm. So I guess it depends, these no sugar diets, whether you're allowed to have any form of carbohydrate. Are you allowed to have um, potato, sweet potato, oh. um, corn, fruit, mm. rice? bread like what what are you what are you adding into your diet that makes it no sugar yeah Yeah. I I can't even imagine what like if you actually cut out all absolute all sugars in your diet like including the carbohydrates what would you be able to eat just I mean that sounds like a world I don't do not (laughs) (laughs) meat meat and cheese I mean oh I mean I could do that board to me It doesn't, it doesn't, but where, where are your crackers? Where's, where's the bread? True. Mm, I mean, I mean, if you just cheese. gave me, yeah, prosciutto and some fromage d'affinois, not sponsored, but would love to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't complain, actually. But. Oh, yeah, so but good. for the rest of your life, I think your tummy would really hurt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Even for like, if I tried to do that for more than a day, I think. I would be very, very ill very quickly. So everything yes. in moderation. Yes. Everything in moderation. And, you know, sugar is also found in dairy. So it's, or even mm. altern- um, your alternative milks. So mm. they have carbohydrates in them. They have sugar. Yogurt does. Like I said, your fruits do. Um, yeah. So really, it's just your protein-based foods, like your meats, uh, your fish, your chicken that don't contain any form of sugar. Dang. All right. Uh, any no sugar things come up on my Instagram feed? Ugh, blocked. Get out of here. Swipe. Not have Swipe that. away. Yeah. <laughs> Swipe left. <laughs> Amazing. Like a dating site. <laughs> yes. Emily, what is something that you do outside of work that you're proud of? That I'm proud of? I, I mean... I have another hobby, which is doing makeup. I do makeup on the weekends. So I don't know if that's necessarily something I can be proud of, but I just I think you should be so proud something. of it. Really be proud of that. Yeah. I still haven't figured out how to do my makeup. <laughs> beyond that age now, I really should. Like, I think your um, makeup routine, your own personal one, unless you're really interested, it's like whatever you learnt in high school and then you just mm-hmm. stick with it. <laughs> yeah. So I learned how to do makeup after I actually finished my dietetic degree. Um, oh. So there was a little bit of time where I couldn't find a job. So I decided to take up a new skill. And yeah, it's like another creative outlet for me. You know, I use a lot of my critical thinking and my maths brain um, for day to day at work. And then uh, on the weekends, I can use my creativity. That's so awesome. It's so cool. I mean, yeah, like I only know how to do like stage makeup because I learned in high school, the only makeup I could do was makeup for being on stage and like, cause I went to drama school. Um, So I might need to ask you for some more tips on how to not just put on only stage makeup and have a very (laughs) bright face. I can help you with your day-to-day stuff. Absolutely. Ask me anytime. Uh, Amazing. Let's uh, chat about that after the podcast because I also (laughs) learned some tips and tricks. (laughs) Sure. You mentioned that um, you had some time between uh, when you finished your degree and when you actually started working as a dietitian. Is it quite difficult to find jobs within the space of dietetics? Yeah, yeah, it it is. I think um, in WA we're a little bit more fortunate than some of those who are over east. Uh, I've heard from a few of the dietitians that we work with now that um, 
they used to live over east and it was really really difficult as a new grad to find a job um you'd either have to go remote or move interstate basically to find work so um it did take me a bit of time to find work and I know that there are a lot of other people in the same position as me after they graduated in my um year so yeah it's it's not the easiest and I I do wish I knew that before I started in some ways um Mm -hmm. you know that would have been something nice to know about but it's fine I'm in the industry that I want to be in now so it's all worked out fine is there a particular reason why it's so hard to find like is there just an oversupply of dietitians or are there not enough roles being created like is there definitely demand for more dietitians that's just not being met I I think there is you know um I as you uh, asked me earlier that about you know what do people know about your job and what what you do I think a lot of people still don't really know what we do and what we're able to help with so I think that there there should be a higher demand than there is out there I think as well though the hospital systems they just they're they're run down they don't um they don't necessarily increase Mm. FTE with the amount of people that are going to hospital um and so yeah I think there's Mm. definitely the demand but there's just not the job availability Mm. yeah so it's just that you know domino effect of actually it goes all the way up to the top and it's a pretty systemic problem of lack of availability in the public health world for dietitians but like almost similar thing I when I graduated I wanted to be in hospitals and same thing only way I could do it was to move interstate and rurally so you know it's it's absolutely across the sector like it's sector wide I think as well you know in our degree we're so heavily taught about hospital dietetics you know how to deal with acute issues um and they kind of make it seem like it's the gold standard it's where you want to be and I just think that that's so unrealistic you know there's so few jobs in acute care um that they should really be spending more time focusing on community-based dietetic work and I feel more accomplished now doing my community-based dietetic work than I did in the hospital I actually get to see follow-through and I feel like I I get to understand what my patient's life is like and I can make a bigger impact on their life than what I was doing in the hospital. That's so awesome. That's so great. Yeah, absolutely. Things, yeah, saying that the education needs to be a bit more like, skewed towards community because I I feel like the most common thing that's said is like everything you're taught at uni while important doesn't really translate to actually working so like kind of in that vein like what's something you wish you knew about dietetics before like actually becoming a dietitian I think like I said before it's probably more the fact that I didn't realize what the job situation was going to be like you know how difficult it was going to be that maybe um the knowledge that I had about what dietitians um, could do leaving university is very different to Mm. what I am aware of now. So when I left uni, I really thought, you know, the hospital was the be all the end all and I needed to get a job there. And if I didn't, I wasn't going to be a good dietitian. When in actual fact, as time's gone on, I, I sort of feel like I'm the best version of a dietitian that I can be now at this very point in time. I love that you're um, finding your job very fulfilling. Uh, that's, I guess, all we can really ask for in life, isn't it? Like just going to work and actually enjoying what you do. Emily, what is an aspect of your job that people tend not to know about? Often one that people don't know about, like especially with other allied health professionals, um, is that we actually help with pressure injury management. So if someone has a pressure wound, um, so like, I guess, Neve, if someone's been hanging out in the same position for way too long mm-hmm. um, and they get a little pressure injury, we actually can provide dietary recommendations to support wound healing once it hits a stage two or greater. So um, a stage two is generally when the wound starts to show a little bit of uh, redness and I guess um, it starts to tear a little bit. That's usually a stage two. 
Mm. So yeah, that's something that lots of people don't know about. And I feel like I have to, you know, um, tell everyone whenever someone might listen to me because yeah, we do so much. It's not just weight management. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I am like pressure sores, I think are the bane of all physio and OTs existence who like who work in disability, because basically if you're sitting too long or lying in a position for too long, and maybe there's something that's not quite smooth or something like a little bump or something, or even just your bones on something that's too hard, you can create up pressure and pressure sores. And so having the extra help from dietitians and like, I, I did know about dietitians and wound management. Cause I know in like cardio and like burns and stuff they're also really involved there to like help with yes with wound healing and getting the right nutrients in your diet to help with that so like I have a customer who basically like needs help with lots of wound stuff and I keep trying to you know tell him like hey can we get a dietitian involved because I think this would really help you and trying to like you know really link in more dietetics because the stuff you guys do is just amazing yeah because you could be undernourished whether you're overweight or underweight so Mm. really when it comes to to pressure injuries it could be about how much food you're having so like your total energy intake your protein intake but also your zinc your vitamin c and your arginine which is a particular amino acid that helps with um repairing that wound with um your collagen so yeah there you go amazing there you go Emily, in your work, how have you found that being a woman has impacted your career, both positives and negatives? Oh, that's such an interesting question because I don't really think being a woman has had much of an impact. Like being a dietitian, I think it's a very female dominated Mm. industry. I do know a few male dietitians um, and I just think it's, Mm. it's different. Like it's, it's, yeah, they're not really seen as superior in any way. I think it's kind of a level playing field with um, men and women. And in some ways I kind of think that being a female has been beneficial. I get to, I, I think, and maybe this is just my personality, but I'm more empathetic towards mm. um, family dynamic and towards, um, you know, children and their their parents so like I I feel like I have a better understanding of what they're going through and I don't know if that would be the same Mm. with other Mm. women or other men but I just feel like I have that very maternal instinct as well that I can really understand where another mum would be coming from and what they're trying to do to support their family Um, and I think that's because I'm currently working a lot more with families and Mm. and in the pediatric space but um, I actually think that being a female has really helped me uh, in that area. How did you find um, working in a hospital um, as not only as a female but in a like I because personally I found working in hospitals probably the highest area where I was like oh people aren't listening to me as much as maybe my male counterpart who is sitting next to me and while yes you're saying dietetics is a female driven Uh, like as a female dominated workforce how did you find it working in the hospital environment yeah well I think again like when I was in the hospital it was mainly females in the dietetic department so I mean if they're going to listen to a dietitian they can only listen to a female but um (laughs) I love that so much it's like oh you don't want to talk to me okay you can talk to this other woman yeah there's another one right around the corner yeah amazing yeah exactly and we're all gonna have each other's backs yeah love it yeah yeah, that's exactly right. I think it was more so, um, you know, the the hierarchy of um, positions, you know, like uh, maybe it was quite intimidating talking to doctors um, it, for, for me personally. And that's probably the, the biggest divide or um, power trip in the hospital, yeah. I would say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Caitlin, what's your viewpoint on carbonated drinks and um, the health of your teeth? Because I've recently had a patient who drinks a lot of sugar-free Coke and um, I've kind of explained that there's the, the, the um, implications on her teeth, but I want to hear it from you as well in case I love this. the right thing. <laughs> I love this. This is a little crossover moment, um, which I very rarely get. 
in, in my field, but basically carbonated drinks, as you have touched on so many times today, it, it's just like moderation is key because even just like fizzy water, it's bad for your teeth because of the erosive aspect of the, the carbonation, like the CO2 that's in, in the water. Yeah. Okay. The acid, correct. Um, and then similarly, uh, Coke, even if it's, oh, sorry, uh, cola. <laughs> I, I think we could say Coke. Coke or Pepsi. Um, oh, okay. All right. Cuke. Cuke. Um, <laughs> that's a niche reference. Um, I don't know Coke, what the reference is. Um, oh, it's from the IT crowd where they um, have friend face instead of Facebook and cute instead of Coke. Anyway, um, I'm getting sidetracked. Uh, so Coke, even with uh, no sugar, uh, still is very acidic um, and therefore very erosive towards the teeth. Yeah. Uh, there's a great photo of um, of a tooth uh, after seven days in Coca-Cola and it basically, I can't remember if it dissolves or if it just very much erodes after seven days. Oh. It's really disgusting. Oh. I used to show it to um, kids all the time in primary school, <laughs> not just randomly, but when I went to do uh, like talks at their schools to like talk to <laughs> you them just about. be outside at the Kiss and Drive, just like, look out kids. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the Kiss and Drive? What's the Kiss and Drive? You don't have the kiss and drive in Victoria. It's when like you'd the parents would that school say, drop off. Yeah, school drop off, but school it was drop, yeah, kiss okay. and drive. So you like give your parents a kiss and then you go off in the parents' drive. So kiss and drive, and then no, but that's adorable. It also sounds like um, it could be an old school way of going to the cinemas outside with your car and you'd kiss in the car and you'd drive away. <laughs> that's cute. Um, that's so- kind of where my mind went. So. <laughs> No, so I used to um, I used to do these talks at the primary school um, with kids about sugar uh, and and trying to educate them about the effect that it had on their teeth. And a lot of the kids knew about the relationship between sugar and like tooth decay. That was really great. But what a lot of them and what a lot of their parents didn't realize is that things like yogurt, small little tubs of yogurts could contain like 24 grams of sugar in them. And, you know, things that parents have been touted uh, by other, you know, by the media as being healthy alternatives are actually really not healthy alternatives. Like, have you experienced that a lot as well in your, in your role? Oh, absolutely. You know, you think of like potato sticks or veggie sticks, they're like these bite and dissolve alternatives to chips and people think that they're healthy. And that, that is the misleading thing about um, packaging. Sometimes, you know, they can label themselves as a healthy alternative. And really when you go have a look at the ingredients list or the nutrition information panel, um, you come to find that it's actually not really that much of a healthy alternative. So for sure. Speaking of those like health, healthy labels and all that, like are those health stars, can we trust them? You know, those, um, <laughs> those ratings on the, like even Milo cereal, I think has like a four health star out of yeah. five. I wouldn't make it the be all end all, if I'm being honest. I think there's some flaws to that um, system. Uh, I, I much prefer like a traffic light system if that was on the labels instead than a star rating because, you know, I think they can get stars added on just for adding vitamins and minerals to um, a cereal or say, for example, with Milo, but you mm. might get detracted a star for having a certain amount of sugar or fat in your food product. So, mm. you know, there's some nutritious foods that might not get five stars because they're really high in fat but it's all healthy fats so Mm. I think I take those with a grain of salt um you know I do think take a glance at it and if you have very limited understanding of how to read a food label it probably has some value to take a look at but I wouldn't say that it's always the best reflection of whether a food is healthy or not Mm. is um is a grain of salt the recommended daily intake of stuff <laughs> a teaspoon actually sorry. <laughs> I was like I'm not even gonna say it Caitlin's gonna say it I'm like grain yeah, of salt you've got um, some good little um good little puns uh, and things uh Caitlin Caitlin is the backbone of the puns here at Lady Sue Health <laughs> I like I would bumble through it and be like grain of salt is that like if you have a grain of salt in your food does that take away a star like, that's where I'm yeah. going. I'm like, no, Caitlin's going to have something better. Just don't talk, Neve. She's <laughs> very witty. She's oh, very witty. <laughs> no, that was a great answer. So good. Um, and what's something that you want people to walk away with after this interview? What's something that you want people to know about? Like, to go, oh, Em the dietitian said this. Now I'm going to take that into my life and 
have a positive impact. Oh, okay. I was I was also thinking uh, when you started that question that I do more than weight loss. <laughs> you know that um, dietitians can help with a lot of different things. Mm. Um, you know, if you have bloating, constipation, discomfort, um, find a dietitian, get some help. You know, you shouldn't be living with with pain. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, sometimes your doctors may not have the answers, but maybe you can modify your eating a little bit to help with some of those symptoms that you might be experiencing. Yeah, it's not all about weight loss. Yeah. I feel like I've learned so so much because I, I, as a dentist, I don't have as much to do with uh, the rest of allied health as I would like, even though I think that that's a whole nother whole nother topic that's a whole nother episode (laughs) that's a whole nother episode um yes but I feel like I've learned so much about what you do and Mm. and the the space that you take up in within the the health uh care sector and I'm really I'm really enjoying this a lot Emily thank you so much for coming on Lady Sue Health you've been an absolute joy to have on and I feel like like even though I work in the same office as you I've learned so much about what you actually do and the amazing work that you as a dietitian and other dietitians do so thank you so much for coming on here and letting us learn with you like it's so great my pleasure thanks for having me anytime anytime As always, if you want to find us, we are at Ladies Who Health on Instagram. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Acast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us where podcasts are. And on those Apple podcasts in particular, if you could give us a five stars, if you liked us, um, if you don't like us, don't give us anything. If you liked us, tell your friends. If you didn't like us, tell your enemies. Again, thank you so much to Emily for coming onto the podcast. Um, We can't wait to have her back because I think we have even more questions after that interview. Thank you so much, guys. We'll be back in your ears at some point. Bye. Bye.